You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to RB1 Cohen, a fantasy football podcast, part of the Fake Teams podcast channel. I am your humble host, once conducted the now completely dead Devin Punches hype train, rom-com aficionado, said Christian McCaffrey would go a thousand, a thousand before it was cool, worshiper of Nikhil Harry and Damian Harris, truth of the married one, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by all of the guys. We have DK Metcalf's number one admirer, doubter of Juju Smith-Schuster, proponent for a line of John Snow hair products. You already hear first, resident old man Clark Barnes, Sabbath. Cheer up! Proud father Quentin Nelson, WNBA hot take machine, wine connoisseur, the coach whisperer, and the man who boldly said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will make the playoffs this year, working girl Jordan Smith, and the biggest 49ers fan you know, Arya Stark is a spirit animal, don't take him to Vegas, the only man who hates Larry Fitzgerald, and the man who said science, bleh, and a fan of what line, scientists lovingly call, quote, facts, the ginger normal man, Nick Bodford, fuck, I was so close. Uh, how you guys doing? Doing great, Pete. Really good. I got I got confused by man and fan back to back, and then I started calling you scientists instead of scientists. Just all kinds of. I feel like you did well. It's Thanks a tough Mark. intro. It's long. It's crazy. It yeah, it's long. It's getting it's getting long. It's getting long as we keep accomplishing and doing great things on this show that need to be uh, discussed at the top of it. All right. Well, at the top of this show, it's going to be tough to uh, pick a fantasy MVP this week. I think just given the fact that this week was preposterous from a fantasy football perspective. I, have we ever seen a week like this that uh, has had so many ridiculous performances from different players at almost every position you've had? Only tight end was kind of kind of shat the bit on this one. There seems to be about one week a season where I just get absolutely <laughs> obliterated in every league i'm in and that was this week and that was this week uh yeah so uh we'll start with fantasy mvps for the week uh jordan we'll start with you who of the litany of players to uh to pick from this week who was your mvp for the for week five i was very fortunate this week because i didn't play my mvp in any league this week but also i don't have him on any team so that's kind of unfortunate but it's christian mccaffrey for me um, I was able to catch a little bit of the Panthers game and he was straight up a video game. Like he was Barry Sanders-esque out there. There's a lot of talk uh, today about whether he's catapulted himself into the MVP of actual football into that conversation. So I think Christian McCaffrey going forward, just what he's able to do on the field as a pass catcher and as a runner is like might be just a flat out league winner overall MVP at this point. Yeah. I I have him in one of my draft on one of my leagues and one of my teams and he is single-handedly carrying uh carrying my team. I think that he he has a real I mean especially when he goes a thousand a thousand like I've said, but he has a real chance to be MVP of the league. It'll rival Adrian Peterson's 2000 yard rushing season. It's just like, if you take the definition of the word most valuable player, if you took Christian McCaffrey out of that Panthers team, that Panthers team would be garbage. Like it's, there's no one else carrying that team except for Christian McCaffrey. So uh, yeah, for week five, he was certainly an MVP choice. And for the actual NFL season, he's got to be a, a top five pick for MVP right now. I think what you have to have to have a not quarterback win the MVP is to not have a quarterback really separate themselves from the pack. And this year that has happened happen. so far. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's week five, but no quarterback is really setting the world on fire. So we might get someone other than a QB this year. Wouldn't that be nice? I, 
I think that this is this is interesting. I, a trend that I'm noticing here is that um, I, I know every year we talk, we hear people talk about how like this year is crazy, and for whatever reason, right? <laughs> this like, and is it's fun. Yeah. What I am, I think I'm noticing though, is that there's a little bit more variance in the highs and lows of some of the big name players, and I don't know if that's accurate, but I, yeah, Clark, I think what you're saying with uh, there's no quarterback separating themselves, but we are see, seeing some boom performances, especially consecutive ones for McCaffrey is is uh is relevant and uh the 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 ringer boys were talking about McCaffrey I think he's on pace for like 2700 yards it's insane that's insane which he will he, you know, he's if he I okay I will actually boldly say he's not gonna get that um shocker if, yeah but Nick I mean, always like, doubting the fact the fact that he's on that kind of a pace is absurd five weeks in holy cow yeah no and for, it's not a small sample size Nick, for variance, are you talking about like the the Mike Evans of it all, who will yeah. literally go out and drop zero points and then <laughs> has a forty burger in one week? Yeah, yeah. So stuff like that, and and if, if can I just steal the the mic and give my MVP here to Tyson? Right. So so Will Fuller is mine, um, and just seeing these like these crazy like kind of bust 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 boom weeks that that we're seeing from a number of players uh, is really catching my eye. So. Will Fuller, sort of similar with the uh, um, the D- Dalvin Cook picks that I've been giving, basically just looking at where you were able to get this guy and then what he was able to do for you is kind of how I'm going with the MVP. And Fuller, I mean, he went off. And we we were talking about this. We definitely hit on this uh, on the on the Wednesday show, and I hit it on the rundown. You guys, regression is a real goddamn thing. And when you see the yardage not matching the air yardage and not matching up with the real yardage, go get that player. I mean, any, any chance you had of acquiring Will Fuller is now gone. Hopefully people were able to go get him. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that, that was a, a matchup tilting performance, no doubt. That being said, I might actually lose in a matchup where I have Christian McCaffrey. Lol. Because yeah. the other guy has Will Fuller. No, because just a number of things my it's a dual flex league and my flexes are struggling mm-hmm. um going by nick's uh air yards thing get ready for Devonte parker to suddenly go for 300 yards and 15 touchdowns against washington this weekend i was cracking up at that um i was yeah i was absolutely thinking of clark going just you know just throw a name, a name out there you heard it here first hey but man, you guys we, should we may Devontae hear parker more about goes, him Ooh. In, a, in a segment later. Oh, baby. <laughs> Bird, fully on board the Devontae Parker trade, all the way till it dies and explodes in a fireball of flames. Uh, I was a week early on Will Fuller, so Devontae Parker probably full go two weeks from now. There you go. I don't know, man. A matchup against Washington seems like a pretty ideal spot for him to uh, to suddenly prove something. Clark, who's your MVP for the week? I'm going to play the game that I want to play instead, which is the fantasy not MVP, and it's fucking Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, that's – I have a heart. Tell me tell me your personal story because clearly you have something. I have Mike Evans, and I <laughs> touted him all summer as like, we're forgetting about the best receiver on the Buccaneers, and so are the Buccaneers every other game. Is that even other, every other game? It's like one in five games he has had – They've suddenly Jameis was like, oh, shit, Mike Evans is like – phenomenal i should get the ball to him more i don't know what this offense is that just puts a precedent on the number two receiver but chris god like chris godwin is phenomenal don't get me wrong but is he so good that he should be eating every single target and mike evans just see nothing it's weird they just they they just play such different positions with with Godwin playing closer to the line of scrimmage and Mike Evans being much more the guy uh, who who just goes downfield and catches huge passes. Um, Winston's just been taking what is given to him, and shit, I think, guess it's working. Why can, can Mike Evans not run intermediate routes? Is this just not they just a thing that he can do? But I mean, I, I can I can look more into this, that, but my Nicholas. understanding is, yeah, yeah. Do you, okay, I mean, we can we can hop on to NFL Savant and go see where he's being lined up and being targeted. Um, which awesome website I have not used very much, but their NFL stuff Savant. is phenomenal. Um, Sponsor this podcast. Yeah, they'll they'll show you where where guys are lining up, where which part of the field their targets are going to. Uh, but he's I mean he's just basically like a perimeter guy who runs down the field, and with Godwin just breaking linebacker and safety ankles there's no real reason for them to to risk it with evans although i think we would all uh, prefer if they did that 
I was, we're going to play a game later where we make a comparison perhaps between two people. And I was going to do Mike Evans and DJ Chark. And I crossed it off because it's not even, a, it's not close. It's not, it's, it's not, not even close. It's not a comparison. Well, what about Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins because is a saint. It, it's like the inverse with uh, Tampa Bay and that DeAndre Hopkins can run all the intermediate routes at Will Fuller's Fuller, the deep and ball just, guy. But they're throwing it to Will Fuller, not the not yeah. the other way around. It feels like they should uh I have uh, trade Will Fuller for Mike Evans. I have something <laughs> I have something on DeAndre Hopkins when we get to uh to would you rather? Oh yes, the greatest game in the internet. We're gonna play it. Pete has grown his mustache out and we are returning to would you rather? There coincidence? I think I think not. Yeah. It's time to play with the stash. Um, get your fingers out of there. DJ Chark audio medium. <laughs> DJ Chark is incredible. Let the record just show. I doubted him and I will never do that again. Uh, MVP, my MVP for week five. Uh, there's all the guys that are mentioned except for Mike Evans are obviously picks. I have to go with Aaron Jones. Uh, it, it takes a phenomenal performance to one up Christian McCaffrey's 200 plus yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns. Like, clearly that was going to be the best performance that was coming out of week five. And then uh, Aaron Jones was like, okay, hold my beer. I'm going to go for four touchdowns. Um, so good shit, Aaron Jones. And uh, well done. I thought he was going to get five. Like they were right down by the, they, in the red zone again. I thought he was just going to go for five. Yeah. This is always nice to have uh, the Cowboys handed a loss in a big spot like that. So thank you, Green Bay. Hey, I couldn't complain because it also meant Amari Cooper went for like 200 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper, man, freaking amazing. Dude, Michael Gallup does so much to open up that offense. It is awesome. He's available in like 40% of Yahoo leagues. So if he's available in your league, go fucking get him right this millisecond. Stop the podcast. Go get him because he is going, he is an integral part of this Cowboys offense will be featured always and forever. Called it last week. He's the, uh, he's the skeleton key, man. He is the skeleton key. We, uh, we are just, we just, we, we know what we're talking about on this podcast. Spoiler alert. We were talking about Gallup in August, you guys. Right. Go look go look at my team-by-team team preview. Yeah. Yeah. Go listen to all 150 podcasts that we've done so far. Use uh, that fake team search engine. It's kind of hard. I, I have to be honest not to don't listen to this SB Nation, but that search engine is garbage. What the hell? It is so bad. I can't bad. find my own stuff. It is so fucking bad. You type in like a <laughs> keyword that is literally in the title of the article you're looking for, and you get 13 other articles in front of it. Not great, you guys. Let's uh, let's step that one up. Let the record show that all of us here on this podcast have no control over that. So if you also have a complaint, then uh, you should be not talking to us. No, send uh, your complaints. I'll take it. Clark will take them. Send them to Clark. The complaint's been Clark Barnes. I'm absolutely doing this. <laughs> Clark's just going to get bombarded with Nick's complaints. At NFL, at NFL Clark, guys, anything that you want to complain about, send it my way. <laughs> Clark is here to listen. Uh, all right, before we get to Would You Rather, we're going to have some news that we're going to quickly hit on. Uh, the biggest thing to come out of week five, obviously, was the hit on Mason Rudolph, uh, which was pretty devastating to watch uh i understand that this is a sport that is grown men throwing at themselves at each other and so injuries do occur but watching a human body go unconscious and fall to the ground completely limp like a rag doll it's not really what you want to see uh in the game of football so he is in concussion protocol obviously hopefully he makes a full recovery and godspeed to you uh but I would expect him not to play for the next week and maybe foreseeable future, but we'll see because the NFL is crazy. Uh, This thrusts undrafted rookie Devlin Hodges uh, into the starting lineup. And while he was not terrible against uh, the Ravens for the rest of that game, wasn't great. And this is certainly a hit on the Steelers offense. Uh, And so I would say that uh, you have to start tempering your expectations. The ceiling on Steelers wide receivers has routinely gone down throughout the season. And it is at an all time low right now. Side note, did you guys see John Boyce or Boz or whatever his name is, his history of Bob's in sports? 
I didn't either, but apparently the internet liked it. And I think that the name Devlin has been in the NFL news cycle more so in the past two weeks than it has in the history of the NFL. With this quarterback, the Pats fullback going on IR. James and Devlin. Now, yeah. And now like Devlin Jones, who is the, the uh, last Packers running back to rush for like four touchdowns or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. We should all tweet it. John, what's his fuck? And then, you know, make some money off that. You were saying. That's that's what I was saying. I was just saying that the Steelers offense, if you own, if you have stock in the Steelers offense, now's not a great time. I was just going to say not to make light of a uh, serious situation, but there was a straight up like Simba Bufasa moment on the field with Mason Rudolph where one of the linemen was like poking him in the chest and he wasn't moving. Like I was sitting here and the thought ran through my head. I was like, this looked like it's the one like this is it this is the time that somebody actually well, dies on an nfl he was field not he was moving down did you guys like, see juju down down juju like fainted yeah, when he saw he it. He, he he like he kind of fainted upset. and then he got on all fours and started vomiting did he really he, he was vomiting. i didn't see the vomiting i just saw the fainting yeah I mean, I think I he mean, thought the same thing. Like, he thought he was, yeah, yeah. Not he was not fucking moving. He was not moving yeah. for like a solid three minutes. And then, then they make some bullshit thing that they had to walk him off because their, their time for the cart, not cart didn't work. <laughs> Just like, come on, Pittsburgh, get your shit together. So good life lesson, guys. Two is one. One is none. Always have a backup. Always have a backup. Always have a backup cart for when your quarterback can't move by himself and has to be carried off by three different people did you guys think uh did you have any opinions on the the hit i just watched it and it didn't look like the hit didn't didn't look super dirty but then when he hit the ground it didn't look like it looked like he was out Yo, he, he hit the ground, but then he smacked the ground. Yeah. So it didn't I look agree. like he hit his head. I thought he like had a spinal like injury. Chin. Like he got crunched between two people. That's what I thought oh, it was. Oh, like, interesting. I thought he he had like a back injury or something. Well, so what? I, so I'm in you know the the Seattle realm where there's a whole bunch of um, salty Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas fans who oh, like if you if you read all of their they're, all of their comments start with like, now, I like Earl Thomas. And then it's it very clear. They're, they're <laughs> right, it's like the, comes out. I'm not racist. But uh, yes, exactly. Like, okay, All good. Better. Yeah, good, and good. So, That's a great way so, to start your conversation. Basically, like the, the hit to me looked like the his forearm made contact with Rudolph's body either right before or at the same time as his forehead hit Rudolph's helmet. I, I don't really know. I, I don't know the rule, but close closely enough i i don't i couldn't tell you one way or another it really didn't look like a dirty hit to me it looked like it was a bang bang play um no it, and i think I, that's why the reaction like his his body's reaction to it was so startling to me at least because it looked like he just got clipped on the chin which is still a huge hit but he like that puts people out all the and time and was done he hit yeah. that, and then Clark, you're right too, because of the fact that he was unconscious before he hit the ground. When he hit the ground, his head smacked again, pretty hard. Like he, that was it was not a pretty hit. Yeah. Um. So, wishing you the best of luck and in recovery, Mason Rudolph. Uh, but it's not a great look for anyone in the Steelers' offense from a fantasy perspective moving forward. Uh. Two more injuries to quickly hit on. Two hammy injuries. Uh, Philip Dorsett left Washington, and Sammy Watkins left <laughs> the Colts game. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of zeros this weekend. <laughs> which gave way to a Byron Pringle explosion because, God forbid, a Chiefs receiver that we've heard of has a strong fantasy outing back-to-back. Uh, but we'll start, we'll start with the uh, Chiefs. Clark, you're Sammy's truther. Tell me why he still belongs on my fantasy team, despite the fact that he's done nothing except since week one. <laughs> I haven't watched the Chiefs game, so I like well, Sammy he, Watkins. Uh, he fun young hand. man. He pulled his hand. Oh, that's it then. That it's it, it's over. Yeah, it. it I, I haven't I haven't really looked into the severity of it, um, which I can do right now. But yeah, soft tissue injuries on him are, are not. Well, actually, I guess it's more his um, his Jones fracture that caused him a lot of trouble for a long time. Um, but yeah, he he left the game pretty early. He did, looks like he didn't even have a target. Um, and Byron done, Pringle, man, if he, he was a preseason hero was, so this is, this is a thing. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it because we'll get into okay. it. And would you rather, uh, cool. 
but but yeah, Sammy Watkins has done nothing for me, uh, nothing for anyone since week one, and I think it's time to you just move on. He somehow leads the team in targets, or uh, he's right behind Travis Kelsey, excuse me, but not really doing much with them, despite this offense being explosive. Finally in the news, uh, it's non-injury news, but we saw our first look at Melvin Gordon back in Los Angeles with the Chargers uh, and what we what the offense might look like going forward. So here, via Field, Field Yates, uh, he broke it down. Melvin Gordon saw 31 snaps, 12 carries for 31 yards, and four catches for seven yards on six targets. Great job there, Melvin. Austin Eckler had 41 snaps, three carries, seven yards, 15 catches, 86 yards on 16 targets. This is kind of the breakdown that I was expecting and would expect going forward in that Eckler will see more snaps most likely, but not by much, but we'll see a lot more work in the passing game. That's where he will do his damage, whereas Melvin Gordon will do his damage on the ground. Uh, We can start with you, Nick. How much do you think that this is a predictive format for how this season will play out from here on out for, uh, for Gordon and Eckler in terms of their splits? Well, I, I mean, per Roto World blurbs, uh, Eckler set the franchise record for catches in a game with with fifteen. On is that really a franchise record with Keenan yeah, Allen so, on yeah. the team? Yeah, and Vincent um, Jackson and Antonio so Gates. I don't. <laughs> you guys are proud of that Vincent Jackson reference. Yeah, uh, good one. Good for me. So, I yeah, I, th- I think that uh, in a in a less skewed, I'm just I'm looking up his his carry total right now. I know you said it, but I blanked on it. Um, yeah, it's only three carries. Um, I don't think that it's going to be this skewed, but I, I think that um, that he's definitely going to be basically like the passing guy. And I think that I think that um, Gordon will still get work through the air, but I do I, I think that they'll continue to work them in to or they'll work Melvin Gordon into the lineup like they did this week. And um, just because you are the pass catching back doesn't mean that you're actually the number two. The the Chargers have sort of stumbled into throwing the ball on first down to running backs despite not, you know, refusing to look at analytics. Um, so he, he's still going to carry high value. I, uh, I believe I've got him around running back 16 this week and, and Melvin Gordon in the early twenties. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I think that that can be the case for another week or two. I have some, uh, Austin Eckler is kind of part of my, would you rather? So I don't oh, you're saving too much into it but we can use that as a transition yeah should we just get into would you rather should we just play the greatest game on the internet a game we haven't played yet this season but god damn it we're gonna play it right now it is time for would you rather Uh, I hope after three years of doing this, I don't need to explain the rules, but with this group of people, you're never quite sure. I mean, Clark, I'm looking at you. Eyeballs on you. I'm sure you're going to break the rules, but we're not going to start with the rules. Yeah, of course not. Of course you didn't, you son of a bitch. Uh, Jordan, let's start with you since you're the one who perfectly transitioned us into it. What is your first would you rather? Um, So my first would you rather has to do with the one of the running backs we were just talking about, Mr. Uh, Austin Eckler. And this one's a little bit about um, pretty much narrative-based. It kind of depends on how much work you think each of these running backs is going to get in their respective offenses. Um, So who would you rather have going forward, Mr. Austin Eckler or Todd Gurley II? Uh, Gurley for me, um, you know, he's, he's kind of back in that big workload right now. And given that the – well, I I assume I can trade him if, if need be. Um, <laughs> you're stuck with him forever. Yeah. If I have to choose one, then shit, it might be Eckler. But, um, like a- anyway, Gurley is, he's coming off a 10 game or 10 day rest with ha- them having played Thursday. I like where he's at right now. I think that that, you know, he, getting him rest helps, uh, ease, ease the strain on that knee. So I like Gurley's prospects a lot for the next couple of weeks. I think that Eckler will still be obviously, like I was just saying, a, a, basically a, rock solid RB2 but I think that Gurley's ceiling is just a little bit higher um so for now I'll I'll take Gurley but with the knowledge that if I have Eckler I'm trading him now and if I have Gurley I'm probably looking to trade him as the year goes on so you're just thwarting the whole premise of Jordan's question by being like I'll pick one of them for the next two weeks and then we're going to trade them no matter what (laughs) I think I'd I think I'd go with Eckler with uh 
knowing that the the floor is lower, I think Gordon is going to come back and command too much work to you know for Eckler to to stay as the uh, you know top four running back that he's been so far. Uh, but uh, we are seeing Gurley be limited, so the fears about his knee are you know were were obviously uh, well founded, and he's not getting the work uh, that we all hoped that he would. Having said that, he's still getting a lot of touchdowns. He's playing on a much better offense. This is a tough one, but I think I would just go with the safer, you know, give me my solid flex, Austin Eckler, if I had to start him all year per the premise. Yeah, I I think it would depend on my league. If I was playing standard, I would go with Gurley just because I think the touchdowns are going to be there for Gurley no matter what. Uh, But if it's PPR, I'm trusting that Austin Eckler is still going to have a vital part, especially with Mike Williams constantly dealing with injuries that Eckler's basically their number two receiver which means he's going to always be getting targets always getting receptions and always being a a part of this Chargers offense so I am going to hedge my bets and say if it's standard I'm taking Gurley if it's PPR I'm taking Austin Eckler look at that at least I gave a true answer I'm like Nicholas yeah they're both not workhorse running backs for uh different reasons but I think I would actually lean going with Todd Gurley because I think as the Rams are starting to figure out that they need him in order for their offense to function the way they would prefer it to. So hopefully they just start ramping him up as the season goes along and uh, he's in like 20, 22 carry per game when you're in the fantasy playoffs, that sort of thing. Yeah. And we saw that, we saw that with, uh, against the Seahawks where they needed to win that game because it was division. They didn't, but they were going full workload with Gurley. Uh, Clark, your first, would you rather? All right. So this one is two wide receivers, the number four wide receiver of the year, 63 targets, 41 receptions, 506 receiving yards, four touchdowns against 44 targets, 26 receptions, 359 yards, also four touchdowns. We have the mighty Mike Cooper cup who's number four against Julio Jones. Who would you rather have for the rest of the year? I was almost verbatim going to ask this question, Clark. So good on you. I like this question. No, no, I didn't. I didn't ask this, but I liked it. Uh, I'm 100% taking Cooper Cup. Uh, I wrote for fake teams my panic index for this week, and I had Julio Jones on the panic index. And it's mainly because of the fact that Matt Ryan – is throwing a is on pace for just an astronomical amount of pass attempts this year. But Julio Jones is still on pace for his lowest targets per game since 2012. So even though this Falcons offense is spreading passing the ball a shitload, they're spreading it amongst all their receivers. Julio's target share is I think like 20% or something like that. Um, and so it's not that he has he doesn't have a he's not the pinnacle or the he's not atop the food chain in Atlanta in terms of in terms of getting targets and receptions and he hasn't done that much he's had two really good games and then three mediocre games which is front of the mill for Julio Jones as we've seen in the last couple of years Cooper Cup seems to be anytime the Rams offense gets stagnant they just force feed the ball to Cooper Cup and then they start getting first downs and score and their offense starts moving again so it seems to me that like I can trust Cooper Cup to get himself eight catches for 90 yards and maybe a touchdown every single game. I'm going Cooper cup. Um, I not so secretly to my friends have already tried to acquire Cooper cup in a league. Um, I just, I watching the Rams on Thursday night, it just looks like he is more involved in the offense than every wide receiver that they have. They take a few shots with um, Brandon cooks. Robert Woods was, weirdly absent but I think it's pretty obvious that Cooper Cup is the one that makes the offense run whereas the Atlanta Falcons I don't even know what Atlanta what their deal is um they could be looking at a good amount of garbage time points for Julio Jones though but I I like Cooper Cup's upside I think he's pretty freaky this is an outstandingly good question I'm having an internally emotional response um (laughs) Because I rolled my eyes upon hearing this and have been staring at their remaining, uh, the rest of season schedules. And Cups is unquestionably uh, better than meaning meaning more favorable than Julio's. Um, and good gravy, his half point PBR stat lines are just is ridiculous. Glorious. 
Um, this wow, Clark. Yeah, you got me with this one, man. Nick is um, broken. We've broke you broke Nick, Clark. I am. Um, I think I think that I would probably still go with Julio, but I'm like 5149 <laughs> in favor of it. I, you can those who could see me, you guys, you can see I'm like having a moment about Nick this. Is, Nick is really struggling right now. This is might, bit, you know, this is Nick actually. Nick looks like he's like making a Sophie's choice. Yeah. Now, which um, is yeah. an ill comparison because one is choosing whether or not your child dies, which child needs to die. This one is just choosing whether or not Cooper Cup or Julio Jones has a better season. I think that um, I would, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go with Julio Jones, but I think that Cooper Cup is better process. Like if I, if I was making just a purely scientific decision, it's Cooper Cup. I'm going to chug this wine. Classy. Yeah, I like Cup. because I, I think we'll see, or, or what we usually see from Julio Jones is a couple of games of like 35 to 40 points, which even out his year and yeah. make – and, you know, remind us that he's probably one of the best wide receivers playing the game, but his usage is more inconsistent. Uh, I would rather get the kind of surefire seven, eight, nine, ten points with the burst of 17 instead of the, you know, three, four, five, and then burst of 35. And Nick, you made a really good point. I was looking at the schedule after you made that comment. Uh, neither wide receiver, I think, has a fantastic schedule for the fantasy playoffs, but I would definitely take Cooper Cups if I had to pick. Uh, I have another rest of the season wide receiver choice for you to make. And I alluded to it at the top. It is you are in a PPR league. Okay. And for the rest of the season, you could have DeAndre Hopkins, who is currently 20th uh, in PPR. Or you could have Cortland Sutton, who is currently 14th in PPR. Who do you have for the rest of the season? DeAndre Hopkins. I just think it's uh it's a matter of not doubting possibly the best receiver in football definitely in the top three top two discussion and Cortland Sutton has been having a good start but also his quarterback is Joe Flacco so who's been playing uh, pretty good to start the season so you never know the fountain of youth in Denver runs thick Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think as a as a compliment to Cooper Cup, I agree with what Jordan said that I think DeAndre Hopkins is way too talented. Uh, Cooper Cup actually carving out a huge role because he is such an amazing talent. Like I know he's white, but he's really good at football. Uh, so I think Hopkins here is just is just too good. And Cortland Sutton, like you said, has has Joe Flacco. Um, but mostly, I have a DeAndre Hopkins jersey, so, so. I'm going to pick him. Um, you guys, breaking news. The Bills have traded wide receiver Zay Jones to the Oakland Raiders for a 2021 fifth round pick, according to uh, Chris Mortensen. So, wow. Game changer for all you Zay Jones owner who I am. I do own Zay Jones in one league. Uh, so uh, now all of a sudden he's going to be Derek Carr's new number two receiver. Let's He's basically it. Antonio Brown 2.0. Basically. So, so okay, so let me let me fix my let me fix my would you rather. Would you rather DeAndre Hopkins or Zay Jones in Oakland? I, mean, I feel like the choice is obvious. Can I sleep on it? Yeah. Get back it's, to us in the like, Wednesday pause. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> those Twitter quotations were is like tweet something that would let people know that you've been held captive and it, like I own Zay Jones in fantasy. Um <laughs> Cool. Nothing. Thanks, Nick. I'm not captive, yeah. by the way, everyone. Yeah. I just actually um, own him in fantasy. Yeah, this one's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I don't know why you would own Zay Jones. Um, <laughs> I'm just being mean. It's definitely DeAndre Hopkins. Are you kidding? Um, he's way better and his schedule is is better too. Um, for what Clark's or what uh, Jordan said. One has to catch passes from Joe Flacco. That's terrible. Uh, his schedule is is no push pushover in the end of the the season. There, that backstretch uh, at Minnesota, at Buffalo, Chargers, and then Texans in, in KC. That's great, but I assume Darius Slay will be healthy again by Week 16. So I'm not interested in in Cortland. Uh, really, much more than like a PPR flex, but uh, definitely not over DeAndre Hopkins. 
people have been very lukewarm on Hopkins to start the season. I was trying to find like, I mean, I could have also gone with like Odell or um, hmm, who else is Odell's here? a good one. I, I think there's a good buying opportunity for Odell. We're doing this as the Monday night football game is going on. So, you know, we may be 150 yards and three touchdowns away from me looking like an idiot, but I, Odell Beckham is still good at football. And he is, I was looking at these, uh, looking for things for this question as well. And notice how far down the wide yeah. receiver ranks he is. So if somebody is losing hope on Odell, I would definitely, you know, take a chance on that talent. Just wanted to, I just wanted to give some props to Cortland Sutton for having a great start to the year. You guys. All right, Nick, what's your first would you rather? All right, first one is, yeah, no, I mean, it was a stupid question. (laughs) So the first would you rather is, uh, would you rather for the next three weeks have Joe Mixon, whose schedule is at Baltimore, Jacksonville, and at the Los Angeles Rams, or Philip Lindsay, whose schedule is Tennessee, Kansas City, and at Indy? I'm going to go with Philip Lindsay. And I know I wrote an article uh, like three weeks ago being like, Philip Lindsay's a bust, trade him, which I still mildly stand by, I guess, because I put it to paper. Um, but now I'm just going to spin it and say that I was the catalyst for Philip Lindsay to suddenly start becoming a fantasy, uh, a hot fantasy commodity. So you're welcome, everyone. I think I have no faith in Joe Mixon and the Bengals offensive line, primarily. I, I, I just think that that offensive line is utterly utter complete garbage and can't make any space for him to to run or operate through i think if you have joe mixon you should try to sell him off of your team asap and i think Lindsay has shown flashes now right we've seen a couple of good games out of him recently and especially kansas city and indy those are two defenses indy maybe not so much kansas city you can you can run on them especially if chris jones is out for an extended period of time so i like that matchup a lot more than than baltimore jackson and the rams I'm going to just be contrarian then and say I like Joe Mixon a little bit better just because I'm like, who in the hell else is actually, you know, putting in work for the Bengals offense? Like, they're really bad. And he, even on a really bad Bengals team, he still managed to rack up 93 yards this past Sunday. Granted, most of that was on like one carry, but. I don't know, just usage rate. I think Philip Lindsay has a chance to, you know, sometimes just get lost in that offense. So, yeah, this is a tough one. I have to go with the less competition. I, I think this is one of those you're on the Monte Carlo scenario and 54 times Joe Mixon comes out on top. Uh, good question. Lindsay, super talented, uh, but I think they want to get Freeman involved. Uh, the Bengals, I think, are oddly enough not as talented on offense as the Broncos. If I'm saying that, well, oh, that's wow, amazing. Uh, right. <laughs> Black on a sudden connection. Black on a sudden. I mean, kind. gangbusters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think I'd have to go Mixon. But I'm not going to argue real hard. This is a, this is a good choice or a good question. Cool. Um, yeah. So for me, it's it's Phil Lindsay as well. Although you make a really good point, Clark. He he's. He's outproduced uh, Royce Freeman in in week three and week five in the in the most recent games, um, but they're still basically just taking turns flip flopping on who's getting more snaps. Like week one and week two, they flip flopped, and then each uh, anyway, they're both around fifty percent. They're both getting around the same amount of work, but you know Tennessee's tough, but you can definitely run on Kansas City and Indy somewhat as well. Um, all that being said, Joe Mixon, he played the Arizona Cardinals and only, Jordan, you referenced this, only was able to rush for 93 yards. This is his sell high watermark. Um, and I know that the Baltimore Ravens run defense has been not, not you know, nothing to write home about. Neither has Jacksonville or, or the Rams, really, but the offensive line is just getting pulverized. And you you likely drafted this guy you know, to be your RB one. And he is just, he's coming nowhere close to that. I, I view him as a matchup based flex option for now. Uh, and I think that, that Philip Lindsay can get you RB two production. He, I think he's a, a great flex that can get you RB two production. So I'm, I'm going with Lindsay. Um, if there is a Bengals fan in your league, I am hitting them up about trying to move mix into them. Yes. A hundred percent on that one. Uh, All right, before we get to our second round of Would You Rathers, we are going to take a quick ad break. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, and we are going to snake this. We're going to snake our would-you-rather. So, Nick, we're going to come back to you after you finish your wine. What is your second would-you-rather? I'm sorry. I'm distracted by Matt Breda. Apparently having – How about Matt Breda having a game? Dude, oh, my God. I, I need a lot of everybody else. My phone's not near me. I need to see I, – I made a DraftKings lineup for this game, and I can't remember if I put Tevin Coleman thinking I was sneaky as hell or Matt Breida, and I think I put Tevin Coleman, and I hate my life right now. I started yeah, the night is. as, like, I just need 50 points from Breida, and I can win some games, and, boys, I, I might get there. You might get there? Yeah, what does he have right he, now? He's got two TDs and close to 100 yards. What the fuck is happening this weekend? Can people yeah. just not guard running backs? Running backs matter. Um, all right, Matt Breida, so, Matt Breida is about to be Clark's uh, fantasy week MVP if he pulls right. this off. We're going to have to redo the show, boys. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start from the beginning. Maybe I'll think of a would you rather you guys actually like, you assholes. All right, so this one I've really had a difficult time um, and it, 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 trying to come up with, uh, with, with who I should compare him to. But Derrick Henry... And standard scoring is the RB6, and half point is the RB8, and in full point is the RB10 right now. Now, obviously, Matt Braid is about to blow him out of the water. You know, his 50-point outpour or output is going to, to heavily skew this. But I'm trying to desperately figure out, would you rather have Derrick Henry or whom? And I, I don't really know where to go with it. I mean – Chubb is nine, Zeke is is eleven, and I, I'd take both of those guys over him. But like Mark Ingram, let's yeah, sure, let's let's do that. Mark Ingram or Derrick Henry for the rest of the season. What about Regardless Derrick Henry or Leonard format. Fournette? Okay, I refuse. Clark, to Clark, play this Clark loves this question. This is his, <laughs> oh, these are his guys. <laughs> I know how to stack the deck. Uh, so I'll start. I would like Leonard Fournette because he's on a much better offense. Uh, really surprised by both of these folks. I uh, rallied against Derrick Henry for the past three years, uh, and I have finally been proven wrong that apparently he is at least a good fantasy option. Uh, And I hate to admit that, but uh, Gardner Minshew is the tide raising all boats in Jacksonville. So I, I would pick Fournette but again good question wouldn't argue real hard against Derrick Henry here and you'll never hear me say something nice about Derrick Henry again I think I think Derrick Henry's my pick because I I agree that uh Fournette is on the better offense that offense is explosive with Gardner Minshew there and and DJ Jack taking the top off the defense but I think that is part of the fault behind Fournette or the cap on Fournette is that when the Titans get down to the red zone, if they do, but, but when that happens, it's just giving it to Derrick Henry until he eventually falls into the end zone, right? They don't, they don't get, it's not anyone else. Whereas the Jaguars have more weapons and and can score a lot easier and can get the big plays where I feel like the Titans have these methodical, like 12 play drives where they get all the way down and then they just give it to Derrick Henry five times until he gets into the, into the end zone. Um, so I just think, I think Derrick Henry is, a, could be on pace for one of these like LeGarrette Blunt seasons where he gets 13 touchdowns and yards and yards per carry and all that be damned. He just scores too many touchdowns for him to not have fantasy value. I don't want to get like hopes up and say that maybe Jacksonville figured out how to actually use Leonard Fournette because that is uh very dangerous territory to convince yourself of, but 
I do think that Derrick Henry right now, his fantasy season feels like it's propped up by one play and that's a 75 yard touchdown reception against Cleveland in week one, because since then um, he's had like 15, 11, 10 and 13 points. Um, whereas Leonard Fournette, he's stringing, uh, hang on, where's the stats? Um, he started out, you know, slow, of course, but since Gardner Minshew took over, it looks like maybe they are starting to get him rolling. He's had uh, 20 plus points the past two weeks and he's been, he's been okay. He's been moderately effective in the passing game. Um, they're at least throwing the ball to him. Like. Uh, we kind of anticipated that they would. So that's a good sign. Hopefully he just keeps that rolling. Whereas Derrick Henry in Tennessee, I feel like maybe 10%, 20% more suspect on offense. You just don't really know what you're going to get with them. So, so yeah, for for me, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I liked Fournette a little bit more going into the season, but I'm all in on Henry at this point. And I'm not really worried about the fact that they're, I mean, he, he is getting, he's getting, anywhere between like one and three targets per game last time he didn't get any, but he came off like two or three the week before he is one of a few running backs who is scoring in the double digits every single week. And his rest of season schedule is at Denver chargers, bucks, Carolina, Casey, Jacks, Indy, Oakland, Houston, new Orleans, Houston. There are a lot of very weak run defenses on that slate. Like that is, that is an awesome slate for running backs. So I'm in. I think he's a top 10 option regardless of format for the rest of the year. And I, I like all the points about Fournette. I own him in a bunch of leagues, so I hope he's, he stays in the RB1 discussion. Um, for uh, Henry's, Henry's week-in, week-out usage and schedule is just too good to pass up for me, though. He's got, like, a really high floor, so that's really nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I like this question because if you would have drafted your team and shown me these were your two starting running backs, I would have been polite about it. But when you're out of the room, I would have talked about what a moron you were for drafting <laughs> these two guys. And look who the look who the smart guy is. Apparently not me. <laughs> uh, all right. So since we snaked, it's back to me. Uh, I don't have a rest of the season. Instead, I have a little twist. Um, <clears throat> And I'm trying to, I'm now, you guys are all in my head. And so I'm trying to, I've been trying to figure out if this is phrased exactly how I want it so that it comes off as a good question. And maybe, maybe I will cheat like Nick did with that last question where he was like, Hey, you guys, you make the would you rather for me. And and then it will be really good. So let's work under the premise. You are a Stefan Diggs owner. Stefan Diggs is going to get traded. I'm not saying that this is actually going to happen. I'm saying that he will get traded in this in this uh, would you rather scenario as a Stefan Diggs owner would you rather he gets traded to the Chiefs which is a high-powered offense but one in which they don't seem to have a number one guy outside you know Travis Kelsey gets his targets and stuff but we haven't seen like one consistent fantasy wide receiver in there and Tyreek Hill is coming back or would you rather to see him go to the Cardinals which is the fourth team in pass attempts, and they needed a number two receiver like hell. And so he would just eat a ton of targets, ton of receptions, have a whole bunch of production there. Which would you rather have? Where would you rather have Stefan Diggs go if you were a Stefan Diggs owner? Oh, I'll, t- I'll take the Chiefs. Uh, the, I, I, I would rather have someone get a little bit less of a larger pie to steal an analogy from Sigmund Bloom. I think there's so much going around in Kansas City uh, that a guy like Stefan Diggs could really eat there. Now, it, it's not like he would be a slouch on the Cardinals. It's a close one, but I'll just I'll take the better quarterback. I'll take the better offense, and just hope that uh, old Mister Fisticuffs gets himself in trouble again. And uh, maybe then Diggs is number one. Yeah, I'll go with the offense that has a chance to score more points, therefore more TD opportunities for Stefan Diggs. Yeah, so for Diggs, I mean, if if he were to go to Kansas City, he's in a situation where on any given week he can finish realistically as a top five or ten receiving option. I mean, realistic, like he he can be a top five five receiver week in and week out there. Um, and as Clark was saying, Tyree Kill is a horrible person, so at any moment he can miss more time. Um, as far as his prospects on the cards, uh, I mean, 
Christian Kirk's probably only missing one, maybe two weeks with his ankle sprain. It's a moderate sprain. It's not a high ankle sprain to my understanding. So it's, it's not a lot of time. Um, he has to compete with Larry Fitzgerald there too. And he would likely, so that, so you're basically adding a premier slot receiver to two more premier slot receivers. So I, I don't really know what happens there, but uh, Cliff Kingsbury really likes to just use his dual slot receivers and then sometimes take big shots with the guys on the outside. And um he hasn't played as well on the outside as he has in the slot in Minnesota. So I don't love his prospects on the outside one, not getting the same kind of target volume that he could elsewhere, but two, just, you know, he's playing a little bit out of position there. So for me, it's, it's cleanly the, uh, the, the Kansas city chiefs. Another fail on my part. No, I do think it's close though, because, because I, if Stefan Diggs goes to Arizona, he is the number one, he's their best wide receiver. And i I know Nick is the only one who doesn't care for Larry Fitzgerald, but Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> is just good now. Right. Like he, he's not what he used to be. And I think Larry Fitzgerald would probably tell you that. So I'm not trying to be insulting, but Stefan Diggs is immediately the best second best player on the Cardinals behind David Johnson and absolutely their best wide receiver. So, uh, I mean, it is the, would you rather have the number one in an okay offense versus the number two, three option in a fantastic offense. So even though, Everyone agreed with my take uh, that I'd rather have the Chiefs. I do think it's super close, though. Yeah, I was I, the other the other pairing that I had thought of Falcons, who are passing the ball like hell and you know putting up points, but they're spreading it around a whole bunch of people and the Bengals. And I just didn't trust the Bengals' offense enough. But I mean, AJ Green's not coming back for a while now, and you need a number one receiver there. It's it's Tyler Boyd is there, I think, has like 50 targets, and then the next closest person has the low 30s. So those are my two options. I was just trying to see what, what uh, which offense we'd rather we'd rather go with. Stefan Diggs gets you a lot of like early points if he's on the Chiefs, but if he's on the Cardinals, he's like a witching hour god. Mm. Like just racking up those fourth quarter points, trying to put points on the board. Yeah. I was hoping that maybe he could become like Amari Cooper to Dak Prescott. Be uh, he could be Kyler Murray's Amari Cooper. Uh, Clark, your second would you rather? So my second would you rather is for the whole season or just from now forward, if you want to work a trade into your answer. Uh, so we have the number seventeen running back versus the number eighteen running back. We have two hundred and ninety-five total yards, five total touchdowns, and six catches. Running back number two, we have 317 yards, three total touchdowns, and 19 receptions. I think this one's going to be an odd one. We've got Jordan Howard at 17 or James Conner at 18. Mm-hmm. So y'all were talking about the loss of faith in the Steelers' offense. Uh, you know, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger getting hurt was kind of the you know last brick to fall. They've just hemorrhaged too much talent with him leaving. And so I think if you know, anyone versus James Conner that's close. I'm probably going to bail on James Conner, not because I don't think that he's good, but just because I think the Steelers offense is just kaput for the rest of the season. It's not like Mason Rudolph was going to lead him to any championships, but now that he's gone, it's like, oh, good. Good luck. And and pairing it with Jordan Howard is really good because Jordan Howard, because if it was anyone else, I would totally agree with you, Clark. I'd be like, oh yeah, James Conner, I'm I'm siding with the guy who's not currently playing with a third string quarterback uh, on an offense that is not really moving the fo- football and hasn't really done it at all this season. But Jordan Howard, despite how great he's been, he's playing a, a, in an Eagles backfield where I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if by week 10, they've completely rearranged how that backfield is distributed and how the touches are going. Like right now, it, it seems like a pretty even balance between him and Miles Sanders. And I'm not saying that suddenly Miles Sanders is going to take all the touches, but the Eagles have shown a propensity for like, when you don't think they need a running back, they trade for a running back or they can spice up that backfield in a way that you're not fully expecting. I think I would go with Jordan Howard. I would take Jordan Howard just because I, I really am not buying James Conner, but that's a, that is a very good pairing. Depending on how long Mason Rudolph is out i think that the defenses that play the steelers are going to just dare the steelers to run the ball on them and i'm still kind of i mean coincidentally i do have james connor and jordan howard in a dynasty league don't ask me how but (laughs) um 
I, I do think Jordan Howard is still a really good running back when he gets the chance to play behind a really good offensive line. And this offensive line is playing really well right now. Um, Brandon Brooks has come back and has just been a force to go along with all the other pieces that they have. Um, and it, it, with Darren Sproles out now too, for a while, I think it has definitely turned into a two man backfield with Miles Sanders, probably garnering a little bit more of the passing load. Um, but Doug Peterson did say today that he wants Jordan Howard to get more touches. That being said, I think I'm, I don't want to be drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm kind of buying Jordan <laughs> Howard a little bit more at this point. I'm just, I'm a little worried about James Conner because he does tend to have really big games. And then at other times it's like, where's James Conner? Why isn't he not getting any yards on the ground here? Yeah. Um, so w- w- this, this is a really good one. Um, I'm going to go James Conner. I really like that he faces the Chargers. He's got a bye, but then it's Miami. Indy's tough. Rams are not. Neither is Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Arizona. Those are all easy. Buffalo's tough, but then the Jets in the fantasy championships. Um, for Howard, this next slate of games is it's Minnes- at, at Minnesota, at Dallas, at Buffalo, then home against Chicago, by then New England. Yeah. So then in week 12, it softens up with Seattle, Miami, at Miami, New York Giants, and at Washington, and then Dallas. Um, so Connor's schedule is just – although it has the bye, it is way less daunting than Jordan Howard, who does have to split time. Miles Sanders, that he's still cranking out yardage. It, it's a, I mean, obviously, I was in love with the dude coming into the season, and I do think he's going to overtake – the the lead back duties at some point but it might not be until the schedule softens up around week 12 Uh, and yeah Doug Peterson did say that that he wants to get Howard more carries uh in the meantime which I think I think he'll get them um season-long prospects though I'm more interested in James Conner yeah uh Jordan finish us off the final would you rather um so yeah let's actually stay in Pittsburgh um my final would you rather who do you trust to finally, not finally, but who do you trust to put it together and keep it together going forward and into the fantasy playoffs from wide receiver ones or let's say wide receiver ones on their team, their best, the best wide receivers on their respective teams, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster or Adam Thielen? Wow, I had the best one. Nobody has an answer. <laughs> I, I feel like I go first every time. Uh, I'll go with Adam Thielen uh, because we're talking about Mason Rudolph coming back as a hopeful event. Who would you rather have, Mason Rudolph or Kirk Cousins? <laughs> yeah. I I think I would agree with Clark, but it's very tentative because my worry is this. What we saw from Adam Thielen this week was obviously a great week, but this came on the against a the Giants and B off of him basically being like Kirk Cousins, stop sucking at your job and like get me the football. And Kirk was like, "Hey man, I'm sorry, I'll get you the football." And so they made a concerted effort to get him the football. But I'm not trusting that that is going to be a weekend week out occurrence. I think Juju is a little bit more of a home run hitter. And so if you're talking about offenses that are going to be passing the ball maybe short or tentatively or just not taking bigger shots downfield as maybe they could, that Juju has the better chance of taking a slant 80 yards to the house than Thielen is what I would say. So I think I would – I don't know, man. That's that's tough. I'm going to just kind of keep murmuring until Nick interrupts me so that I never actually okay. have to make a pick, and then so, I will be able to play whatever side of the coin I want to play. Like, like I was just saying, uh, the, the the Steelers have a pretty good run defense schedule, but they've also got a pretty good pass defense schedule. Um, the Chargers, that, that is tough, um, and they got the bye. But, like, you know, two dates with Cleveland, Cincinnati, Arizona, the Jets, Miami, they've got a lot of easy opponents coming up. and um, my understanding is that Ben Roethlisberger is expected to come back at some point this season. So I'm into that. Really? He, yeah. My understanding is that he has, um, he has avoided, he, they did not place him on, uh, on injured reserve and that he is expected to be able to rehab uh, and not have surgery. 
Um, Ooh, that's goofy. Interesting. I can check this. Okay, so he's mad because he was fined about something. Nick Botiford is the Apple Watch RB1 <laughs> podcast yeah. uh, medical correspondent. So, <laughs> are we going? Are we going so, to David Chow's corner? Brought to you by David Chow. Not quite yet. Um, so okay, so we did have surgery. Um, performed the procedure. Expected him. Oh, okay. Well, now this is saying return in 2020. I thought that he was able to come back this year. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this a little bit more. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I was thinking that, that Roethlisberger could come back. I, I've spoken ad nauseum, though, about how little I think of the the coaching staff in, in Minnesota and betting on uh, betting on them to figure out how to go against uh, what I presume Darius, uh, Darius Slay healthy uh a healthy Darius slate in week seven uh some stiff competition in dallas and there's bye week in week 12 i, I don't know it's 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 damn tough it's damn tough i i'm going with juju but that's that is a really really good one yeah i think i'm just trading both of them <laughs> <laughs> oh if that's just yeah trying to get out from under them that's, yeah that's and not have to do. deal with them Okay, so looking up at the the Roethlisberger stuff, yeah, they, there was some flip flopping on whether or not he was going to have the surgery, but the surgery did result in him being out for the year. So, okay, now I don't have an answer. Just trade them, <laughs> fucking both. <laughs> Get out from under them while you still can. All right, before we go, uh, you're going to add one player off of waivers. Who is it going to be? Uh, we will start with Clark. Let's start with you. So I'm going with my boy, Devontae Parker, 9% owned. Uh, he's, he's played pretty well in every game that the Dolphins have not played against the Patriots. Uh, I, I know that it has become a meme that thinking Devontae Parker is good at football is the funniest thing Twitter has ever seen. Uh, but there are very limited options in Miami, and Miami is going to be throwing the ball. You don't need him. Uh, you don't need his team to win for him to have a good fantasy day. Uh, 9% owned. You can, you could do a lot worse than picking up Devonte Parker this week. Nicholas, who are you adding off waivers? Uh, I am still figuring this out because I'm not prepared for the question. So go ahead and send it to Jordan. Perfect. Um, I'm not sure if I'm adding this person per se, but I might put them on the, uh, on the watch list. Um, or if you're in a deeper league, maybe, um, grab them and stash them. But I, I would take a look at Darius Slayton for the giants. Um, he is, I believe he's a rookie this year. Um, but he caught a really good touchdown pass this week. Uh, I think that I'm widely speculating here. If, if he's a rookie and their starting quarterback is a rookie, there's a good chance that they have gotten a lot of work together. So maybe that is, um, somebody who could be a target for Daniel Jones. Um, I know golden Tate is back question mark or he came back at, yeah, he's back. I, I didn't watch he's back, the yeah, game sterling story. shepherd sterling shepherd got nicked up and they think he might miss uh the next couple of games so slayton <laughs> is i think a, a good shot at you know if you're desperate not as good as Devonte parker obviously <laughs> but yeah no I, th- I i think he's a good ad has shown some talent yeah. and we'll see if there's that rookie connection he, he's shepherd's, got some speed so shepherd's back in the concussion protocol so now with my pre-prepared uh answer Pete, uh, go add Chris Herndon. He is uh, returning from suspension slash buy. He's tight end for, for the New York Jets. He's only 29% owned in Yahoo and probably something similar in ESPN. Uh, we all need a tight end, and that guy's really, really good. He's a, like, regardless of format, he's a tight end one um, and can immediately be started over ass hats like O.J. Howard. Yeah, we may have to wait on Sam Darnold one more week. There's some some talk that he might come back from his kissing disorder this week. Uh, but Herndon flashed as a rookie tight end on a horrible team. So there was a lot of hope for him from at least one RB1 podcast analyst this summer, and I think probably all of us, before his suspension. So I think a lot of people have forgotten about him. Uh, go pick him up if you're ailing at tight end. Uh, if you're ailing at tight end, you can't do any worse than you know throwing greg greg olson or kyle rudolph out there so uh good choice uh my guy to go add off waivers i've been preaching him for a couple weeks now uh we talked about the falcons offense muhammad sanu has been great for them it's now three games in a row that he's either caught 75 yards or a touchdown um and they're facing the cardinals this week 
So that's going to continue for him. This is an offense that's been throwing the ball a lot because their defense is garbage. So they got to stay in games. And Sanu has been uh, a focal point of that offense. So he is someone I think he's owned in like 40% of Yahoo League. So he is readily available and you should be getting him real quick. I'm going to also make a quick plug before we go for Gus Edwards. And this is some high level thinking. He hasn't had a breakout game yet this season, but he's had a pretty consistent six touches over the last three games. And the Ravens are about to play Cincinnati Bengals, who are giving up the most fantasy points to running backs and have allowed two running backs to score double digit fantasy points in all but two of their games. So Mark Ingram is going to eat and likely Gus Edwards will likely eat. So if you, need a, if you need a quick filler at running back, just grab Gus Edwards. He's like 6% owned. Just put him for the bye week if you are if you're suffering one, and then you can easily drop him right afterwards. The Bengals are just hemorrhaging points to running backs. Pete, Pete, one more guy that I will add is uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end of the yes. Los Angeles Rams. Good call. Back to back weeks, he has had eight and eleven. Well, not back to back. Week four, he had eight targets, caught five of them for 44 yards and a touchdown. Last week, had 11 targets, caught seven of them for 136 yards. Um, that's immediate starter production for for the tight end position. So if you need one, uh, he's got San Francisco next, which is awesome. He's got Atlanta, which is amazing, and da, 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 Cincinnati after that. So like, holy crap! That's I, you know, could be a top five tight end. Anybody can be, but he's got a good chance. Yeah, anyone, anyone. If you just believe in yourself, you can do it. Uh, all right, so there you go. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. We'd really appreciate it if you give us any kind of review, hopefully positive, but it, it helps get the podcast out there and get people listening to so the Fake Team Podcast channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and Nicholas at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys on Thursday to do some week six. My goodness. Week six starts and sits. Until then. Peace.